Hi, podcast listeners. Welcome back to Money with Mark. It's been a while. I miss seeing you guys, seeing your faces, being in your ears right here and now. So I'm very excited to get back onto the podcast. And I do mean it when I say that I want to get on here more and talk to you guys, bring you guys into my life a little bit more. And I think that's really what I want to do with this podcast. I know I've been changing things around a little bit with it. I'm still going to do things like post some of my YouTube videos as transformed into audio on here when it's applicable, but I really want to use this podcast as a way to bring you guys into the nuances and details of my financial life, whether that be personally and the things that I'm struggling with and that my uh, ex-girlfriend, current wife (laughs) are now dealing with. Or whether that's things with my business, whether that be the Money with Mark brand or my main business uh, that my wife and I run together, Make Your Mark Today, which is a marketing company. We do search engine optimization for clients all over the world. And I really want to help you guys learn (laughs) what not to do by showing you all of the insane financial mistakes that I make on a daily basis, because that's reality. And I feel... A little bit, uh, I feel like I'm getting left behind when I'm on social media and I see so many financial influencers that are really, you know, everyone's teaching you what to do and saying do this and do that. And there's so much conflicting advice out there. And in reality, none of us really know what we're doing. Everyone makes mistakes and there is more than one right path. And on top of that, It's a personal journey. That's why it's called personal finances because what works for some people, what works for me might not work for you and what works for you might not work for me and that's completely okay. But we should be able to have some sort of open and honest conversation with the realities of everyone trying to manage our finances which is just so hidden and not talked about in a open transparent sense. Uh, There's a lot of posturing going on out there. I'm guilty of it too myself, but um, that's really what I want to bring this podcast to is uh, being that open and transparent conversation and have those talks about money that we don't really talk about. So to start, I am going to be telling you guys how I lost $30,000 from last year. And This isn't one of those like cute tongue in cheek. Oh, I lost $30,000 because I didn't land this one client that would have made me $30,000 last year. It's not that. I legitimately lost $30,000 through our business, Make Your Mark Today. And we're not this multi-million dollar massive company. We are very much a boutique and specialized company. We are not here to like grow as fast as we can and just provide you know, cookie cutter services to everyone. We are very intentional with which clients we bring on and we are very customized as a service. And yeah, we just straight up lost $30,000. There's a few ways that we lost $30,000. The first way is that we just missed invoicing. So here's how our business is set up. I am pretty much running most of the, well, I have a lot of people that help with the day-to-day operations, but as far as like the business end of things go, the day-to-day operations, Like I'm running it for the most part. I have a part-time accounting student who helps categorize things in QuickBooks and also helps run payroll and what else do they do? Pay vendors sometimes, not anymore. 
but pay vendors sometimes and helps me run that side of things. Originally, when I started the business, I was trading services with an accountant and the accountant would file our taxes, help us out with QuickBooks and help the student learn how to do QuickBooks because I didn't know how to do QuickBooks. And then also I would do SEO services in return. So we were doing that for a little bit. And then I'll tell you how we lost that we came to lose all these $3,000. So what happened was the beginning of this year, 2022, uh, that was a long time ago, the beginning of this year, it's like almost an entire year away. But we were coming around to our taxes and our accountant that we swapped services with was looking at our taxes and said, oh, you guys have a bunch of issues here. Like you need to go fix these issues in QuickBooks. And at first I was a little bit like pissed off because I'm like, okay, well, why are we talking to you throughout the year? Like, have you not gone into our QuickBooks? Like, shouldn't you have brought this up to us at the beginning of the year that we were categorizing everything wrong? And, you know, make sure that we didn't have this massive project to then go do when it was tax season. Uh, so I was a little bit pissed off about that. And but regardless, I was like, you know what? Fine, whatever. We were doing something wrong. Sure. Show us what to do. We'll go fix it. So she did that, showed us. And it ended up being a massive project. Like, I kid you not how massive this project was. Our part time accounting student probably spent about 80 hours on it. So like a full two weeks going back and transacting all of these different transactions that were done what we thought right. And the year before, apparently was no problem. But uh, this year, apparently was a problem. And so we've been trading services with this other accountant for yeah, like almost two years. And so I was a little bit pissed off about that too. I'm like, why didn't you bring this up after year one and say, hey, you're doing all this wrong. So like, I don't know, I was a little bit disappointed with that. And so we went together, we started fixing all the books and stuff and it took forever because she's only part-time. So 80 hours is like two weeks full-time. Obviously, you know, that represents a couple thousand dollars in, in extra pay that we had to do in order to like fix these books. Um, so we were doing this, uh, found some more issues while we were doing that too. And then something really crazy happened, which was I was sent out our monthly invoices because I always send them out. And we were using QuickBooks invoices to send out our invoices. So I sent out an invoice and we have them automated to go out on the first of every month. And it's the same for every client pretty much every month, unless we have some sort of adjustments to make, but that's usually rare. And I watched the one invoice with uh, one of our, our longest standing client and it sent to them. And within 30 seconds, I saw that the invoice was created, sent to the client, and not just paid, but then deposited into our bank account, according to QuickBooks. And QuickBooks had recorded all of that within 30 seconds. So immediately I knew, I'm like, this is not true because uh, there's just no way that this happened. Um, and so what the hell is going on here? Like why did QuickBooks just, and it found a, uh, it found a transaction later on uh, earlier on, sorry, in the year to match it with, which is why I was like, hey, it's paid and deposited. And I'm like, uh, no, it is not because it was just sent out and just created. Now, why did it find an old transaction to pick and categorize and match it to? That's because of that issue I talked to you guys about where we did have that accounting issue. I was basically told don't go in the books because we've categorized things wrong. So we need to go and fix things. So while this part-time work was going on over the course of a couple months, uh, I was not be able, I was not able to be in and categorizing transactions, and we were having to recategorize a lot of old transactions too. So there's a lot of stuff that was not categorizing QuickBooks. So it just randomly grabbed a payment for 
from like almost a year beforehand or months beforehand and said, yeah, this invoice that we just created is paid. So that started me on my journey when I said, okay, I got to look at all of this client's invoices now and figure out why they are being matched as paid and if we're actually getting paid for these invoices. So I started going back. And as you probably imagine, it was not good what I found. I found a lot of invoices from our clients that QuickBooks said was generated and sent. But in reality, it was not even emailed to the clients. So we thought we were waiting on these like outstanding payments, but our clients hadn't even got the payments yet. And then worst case, and we found that this would happen a lot, which is exactly the process I just described to you. We would create an invoice. It would, in QuickBooks, would send it out to a client and mark it as paid and deposited and match it with a transaction. So here I was and my part-time accounting student, even our accountant, you know, we would all pop into QuickBooks and it wouldn't raise any red flags for us because we would see that all these invoices were marked as paid and deposited. So really, like when we're looking at our invoices, we're only looking for invoices that are like outstanding or, you know, sent but like not received payment yet or sent and not viewed. Um, we weren't really looking at the invoices that seemed like they were good, right? Uh, and so we found so many more issues, like QuickBooks double matching one payment to multiple invoices automatically, not with, a, not with us doing this. So this, these weren't even human mistakes. These are QuickBooks mistakes. And yeah, on top of that, the other thing, I went through this with every single client. And on top of that, I actually found that we had missed sending out the right amount of invoices for clients when they're on for like project work for 12 months or 16 months. Um, so that is obviously a red flag. That's our human, our own human error on our internal team where like we just didn't send the right amount of invoices. Uh, but ultimately this QuickBooks invoice issue was where we lost so much money. When I first started looking at it, it was lucky because it seemed to be happening more frequently when I started investigating this issue in early or like kind of late winter of 2022. Um, and I had found actually about $70,000, over $70,000 of invoices that were essentially not collected on and 30,000 of it, which is what we lost last year. It was just from either clients that are no longer active clients or the invoice issues were from so long beforehand that I, as a business owner, entrepreneur, know that my relationships are the most important. I'm not going to go back. 10 months and try to collect on an invoice from like one of our best clients. So I'm just not going to do that. I'm going to bite the bullet, take the loss and make sure that we deliver on that client for in the future. Um, Because the relationship and our lifetime value of one client is more important than trying to collect that 3000 bucks from 10 months ago. Uh, Because our lifetime value is so much with clients because we have clients for many years on end. Usually we don't have clients for a short amount of time. Um, because it's just the nature of our work and the value because it gets more valuable over time for our clients uh, and our value basically remains the same. So that was why all of this started to happen and it was shocking to say the least. And so we actually had to go back uh, to a few of our clients and I had to do everything manually in spreadsheets and like really track the transactions down and I was working with our part-time accountant student and say, hey, double check my work here, double check my work there. And we found, yeah, it was about $35,000 in total of invoices that I said, these are too old or these are past clients that we haven't talked to for like six months or nine months. Um, we got to let this, we got to bite this bullet and uh, take that loss. 
So that hurts. Like that really, really hurts. Um, Because that could have gone to, imagine what we could have done with $30,000. What can you do with $30,000? If you're an entrepreneur, that is a, that's a down payment for a condo if you want to have a rental unit, or that's enough money to transform the current house that I live in and add in add a kitchen to the basement and then have that as a full-blown Airbnb suite. Uh, There's so much potential that even $30,000 can really do for you. I could have even taken that as myself and had some savings uh, because I have not been taking savings personally. Our company, our corporation that I own is taking savings and investing it. But me personally, I'm saving very little on the personal side of things. Um, it's not ideal. I don't want that to be the case. But I'm an entrepreneur and I've been essentially trying to fire up this business and grow it to a decent level. And it's only been running for about, yeah, three years now. So I really wanted to make sure that uh, I was putting as much money in the business as possible. And it's been paying off. And so that's the the big thing too is if it was more of a lifestyle business, which it is, um, but if it was more on the lifestyle side of things, I would have been trying to take savings personally right away, but it's not. And it's something that I've been able to have a lot of value in where, you know, if we grow our yearly revenue from 250 K to 500 K, uh, which has been happening, like our growth right now is substantial because, you know, we're in the sub 2.5 million mark. And so that growth can happen really quick, uh, which is nice. So the ability to double a company's revenue is very plausible. And when you own 100% of that company, it's like, well, yeah, why do I really want to take a lot of personal savings? But I digress because I still want to take the personal savings. And I'm trying to do more of that now I'm taking more of a salary now. Uh, But that's more information for another lesson. So what did we learn from this? I learned that trading services, while it seems good, on the surface, I am not a fan of it. And I'm not a fan of it for this reason, which is we were kind of half-assing her SEO, to be honest. Um, This accountant that we're trading services with, we were, you know, you're not getting paid for it, right? And so the people that are paying you expect more. And just like you, uh, I'm implying, like the people who are not paying you actually don't expect more as well. Um, So there is that, and I do not recommend trading services, especially when it comes to something very important, whether that be like legal or accounting work. Uh, I think you need to pay for it. Um, So obviously, I didn't have a good experience with this and was not that happy with it. And for a variety of reasons, like one, why didn't this come up in our first year of operations? Why did this only come up in our second year of operations? And two, it's like, what are you doing? Like, is this not your job in order to make sure that our QuickBooks are good and set up? So like, why wouldn't you have taken a look even just like once or twice throughout the year just to make sure that we weren't fucking anything up like this? Because apparently QuickBooks is really tricky. Even though they make it sound easy, it's really tricky to operate QuickBooks and set it up. It is not user-friendly. It is not made for an entrepreneur who just thinks it's an easy app to just swipe right and it'll categorize something. That's not how it's done. So that's what I learned is trading services is not ideal. Another thing I learned as well is that you should always be double checking and having, uh, what do I call it? Like checks and balances for your accounting work. So if I send invoices, I want someone double checking to make sure that those are all right. 
if we categorize things, I want someone double checking to make sure that those were all done right. And it needs to be a third party. Uh, it can't be the same person double checking things. The other thing that I learned from all of this was don't keep your bookkeeping in the same place as your invoices. So since this issue has been found and discovered and learned from, I've been adding these things in to make sure that these things might not happen in the future. And obviously there's you know always something that can go wrong. But I have now switched all of my invoicing into Stripe, which is a, another payment platform. And then QuickBooks is still connected to the bank account. So it measures when you know money comes in. But Stripe is in charge of sending out invoices and collecting on payments. So that way my invoices are all in one place and the categorization is done in a completely separate place. And I think everyone should do that and to have some sort of separation between your invoicing and your actual like revenue collection platform and your actual categorization platform. So when you're operating a business, I highly recommend doing that. So that's what I've learned. This was a hard lesson to learn. On top of that too, what we've done to resolve things afterwards. Um, I'm not, I know a lot of business owners are of the mindset that, you know, people mess up and if there's costly mistakes and um, then, you know, people need to be held accountable for it. I don't want to fire anyone over this, but as far as third-party vendors go, I have severed the relationship with our accountant that we were trading services with and that's fine because that's not actually any employee. The part-time student, like, I, I don't want to fire them because it's my business. I'm running this business. I'm trying to set her up for success. I know that she's a part-time student and, you know, needs to be taught and shown what to do. That is why we traded services with the tax accountant in the first place is for her, um, for that that tax accountant to then go and show our summer student um, or sorry, our part-time student, that this is how you do things, this is how you set things up. So clearly that relationship was uh, not not ideal, I guess, because we had so many issues that came out of it. So I have hired new accountants. I've hired two new accountants. So one of them works on a monthly retainer basis right now, and they are just in charge of helping us right now get our, all of our books up to date because they're because she basically found a lot more other issues. There's new accountant that we brought on um, and found a ton of issues in our QuickBooks. And so there's just like issue after issue after issue that keeps happening. So she's really been like in the weeds trying to get our books back to a place where one, all the numbers are true and we know what the numbers are because we've been without numbers. We've been running our business with like blind financially. Well, like not completely blind financially because we obviously know what our bank account is doing and the money in and money out. But as far as like any of our accounting statements, balance sheets, what trends, what trends are happening, where our most costly um, expenses are, um, what's our biggest revenue generators, we just don't have that information. Or we do, but it's not accurate right now because of how messed up our QuickBooks is. And then we've hired a second tax accountant who just is in charge of, or sorry, the first person is not a tax accountant, they're just an accountant. The second person we hired is a tax accountant specifically. And now we've just hired them to file our taxes at the end of the year. That's all that they do. But they will also come and check in on our books every quarter just to make sure 
that our QuickBooks are aligned with what they need for tax season. So I'm very confident in this setup now. I'm very confident that we have um, our own internal part-time student being a lot of the day-to-day work. I'm very comfortable now that we have those checks and balances with our actual accountant that is working with us who's been very successful so far. I'm thrilled beyond beyond belief and it's just been incredibly fantastic. Mind you, it's I, I know they don't see it like that, this new this new tax accountant, because they're stressed because they want us to have the information and essentially we don't have the information and it's been a few months since uh, she started working, but it, she's also part-time too. And so there's only so much work in a month that we have. Uh, so things are taking a little bit slower, but that's the realities of our cash flow situations that we can't really pay for them. And plus they operate business with multiple clients as well. They can't really go and dedicate two full weeks to us. So that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed getting a bit of a deep dive into what's going on with my personal finances and company finances. And I'll see you in the next episode.